0: Good morning, and welcome back to the Hip Bodies podcast. It is your host, Chelsea Pleasant, and I'm so excited you're here. On this gorgeous Monday morning here in North Carolina, the sun is shining, but it's cold outside. It's like, I think it's probably in the 40s right now, if I had to guess, but what's the weather like where you live? It has been snowing like crazy for some people, and I will forever be jealous of that. Snow is beautiful. It's peaceful. I just, I love snow. I do. I love snow. And I, I, you know, everybody's like, oh, until you have to drive in it, until you have to do this in it. And I'm like, I don't, stop being a hater. I think I'd rather drive in snow than a really intense, like, thunderstorm. Like, if I had to pick between the two, I don't know. So, yeah, I'm a snow girl. I love snow. Anyway, if you're new here and you're wondering what this podcast is, I started a workout group back in 2017. Like, and I, I started going live and doing workouts live. And it all started because my in-person personal training clients, they wanted my guidance, but the online training, like doing stuff via email was like literally so boring. So going live allowed me to communicate throughout the workout and it was just so much better. And on top of it, like so many of my clients were kind of getting to that age where they were having babies and stuff. So it was a little bit more realistic To do home workouts, and I I couldn't find home workouts that I myself would recommend. You know, I just wasn't yeah, I wasn't seeing anything. So, thought I'd make them. And I, you you know me, I'm gonna keep it cash. (laughs) So we're workout buddies, and we talk about real life stuff. And over the years, it's just kind of evolved. And and what I found that people love about the workouts is that it is so real, and we have the girl talk, and it's so much fun. And you're literally coming along for the ride each morning, and it's the same workouts that I do to get in the shape that I'm in and am aspiring to be in, right? So yeah, it's really fun. Anyway, we are two weeks into 2024. How you doing over there? How are you doing on your fitness goals? Have you gotten a case of the efforts yet? Let's talk about it because I think it's normal. It ha- it happens, And maybe let's say you have, okay? If you're one of those people that you're just like, you're eating whatever, you're like not working out that much. Like you're not really sticking to the goals that you had set out for yourself at the beginning of the year. I just let, I get it. And sometimes it's like, that's the, the same thing you do every year. So you just don't think it's possible to get past it. But the only difference between success and failure is not giving up. Okay. (laughs) So... You All you gotta do is just get back on it and keep going, okay? And if you haven't given hip bodies a shot, well, baby, you should. You should be my workout buddy. And let me help you with nutrition. Let me help you figure out the right approach for you and your goals and what you're trying to accomplish. And more importantly, your taste buds, right? Because like taste buds, food allergies, all of that comes into play. Uh, So I wanted to give you the update for me, like what's been going on since the new year started. So I have been following a low-carb diet, and I have been eating no sweets. And some of you are like, well, duh, like low-carb diets doesn't include sweets. Um, I'm a Splenda girl through and through, and I've been making sweets, you know, up until this year, every time I, you know, when I eat a low-carb diet, I fully include keto sweets. So that sweet craving never goes away, okay? But I am now, well, I had a little carb up last night, and I'll tell you why in a second. But I feel so good and I like am genuinely not craving sweets. Like it's crazy. I never thought I would get to this point. I feel like a whole new woman. And I had this plan of staying totally strict keto for the entire month of January, but I my mom had a little thing last night. My mom had a friend from out of town and she had a low country boil. Which, if you don't know what a low country boil is, it's like it's usually like a mix of seafood, andouille sausage, corn, potatoes, and like it's all in this big pot with the most amazing seasonings. Like it's not just Old Bay, it's like what I don't, she gets it from this local seafood place. I don't know what kind of magic they put in in that pot, but it's the best seasoning I've ever had. And the andouille sausage they have is so good. But she wanted to do like something like traditional coastal Carolina, you know, for dinner for this out of town guest. And my dad made sourdough bread and she asked me to bring a dessert. So I made caramel chocolate chip cookie bars because duh, like it's so good. And so she served that with ice cream, which you know me, I just want milk. So I bought a gallon of milk to go with it. But okay. So last night I, I was talking to Cameron about it. Cause it's like, I very well could just eat the shrimp, the sausage, the salad, and call it a day. And and in in all honesty, like looking back, I kind of wish I would have done that because I don't know. I just want to be able to say that I did it straight for the month of January. I don't know, whatever. But so I kind of broke the streak, but I'm happy to be back on it this morning. I have every desire to give away the caramel chocolate chip cookie bars to those who want to indulge in it. And it's not to say again that I'm never eating that stuff again. It's just not a part of this weight loss season. I truly love how I feel on a low carb diet. It makes weight loss very effortless for me. Um, not okay effort effortless is the wrong word. Weight loss is hard, period. It is the least the path of least resistance for me personally, and that's not to say it's for everyone. It's just I feel like that lack of hunger is what you know is like a win for me. I talked about this supplement last week called glucomanin. And go back and listen to last week's episode if you want to learn more about it. But essentially, it's nature's ozempic is like what I kind of learned it to be. Delayed gastric emptying and feelings of satiety is what you get from this. It's like it's a cone jack root extract. But yeah. So anyway, listen to last week's episode if you want to learn more about it. So I did get it this week and I've tried it. But I feel like I still don't have like a really solid review on it. I'm I'm going to continue taking it. So today I'm going to take it because I keep falling asleep really early. I'm just on this really weird sleep schedule where I go to bed at like 7, 7.30 p.m. and I'm waking up at like 4 or 5. It's very annoying because I've been trying to take it with dinner to help to see if like those late night snacky feelings go away, but I keep sleeping through it. So I don't know if it's working. <laughs> um, so I'm going to take it at lunchtime today to see. I don't necessarily feel that way in the afternoon, but I just want to see like, oh, does like hunger totally not even show up? I don't know we'll see we'll see but yeah so I don't really have a review on it yet I I'm not I it's definitely making me conscious about drinking lots of water um if you didn't listen to last week's episode you can get really constipated if you don't drink enough water because it has so much fiber in it so that's something to pay attention to and so it's been motivating me to drink plenty of water if I take that supplement um on that note I did want to talk about like low carb snaps (laughs) snacks that I really enjoy that just help me stay on track while eating a low carb diet. And that is these pizza crisps that I get from Costco. Can I just say, I hate saying the word crisps. Like that is, it's hard to say and I don't know I feel stupid saying it I don't like it but anyway they're so good I don't know what aisle they're in at Costco because I feel like every Costco doesn't know where to put these so they put them in different places at every Costco so you gotta look but it's the pizza ones at mine they're not near the other cheese crisps which would make sense if they were right next to them but they're like in a totally different place at the end of the aisle so just take a look and I dip them in cottage cheese and you guys it's so high protein it's so delicious I also love celery dipped in buffalo chicken dip. It ain't for everyone, but the way your girl loves a buffalo chicken dip, like, oh, my God, it's so good. It's so good. Now, for the most part, I'm not a snack girl. I'm just not. But sometimes, like, dinner is going to take another hour, and I ain't going to make it, you know? And so that having those types of things on hand, or like, I already ate dinner, and I have, and those late night snackies show up. I just like I'm going to stay low carb, and I don't just want to be snacking on. Well, I mean, I feel like like cheese crisps dipped in cottage cheese is like straight cheese, but you know, I just want something creative. I love a chip and dip. So those are kind of my two main snacks. I don't have a huge list of snacks. I don't snack on nuts. I'll say that nuts they sneak up on you. Okay, it's not like you eat five almonds and you're like, mmm, just so full, right? Like. Let's be really real about nuts. Like, they only taste good when they're seasoned, and when they're seasoned, they're usually coated in some sort of oil, so that's, like, even more increasing the calories of them, and they're already a very calorically dense snack, so that just does add up really quick, so that, for me, that's just not something I keep on hand. Like, I get it. If you love them, I'm not saying don't do it, but just for me personally, I don't. So anyway, let's talk about, like, where I'm at as far as results so far for the year. Um, I'm down about four pounds, which I am very pleased with. I feel like, um, you know, I have this goal. We booked our Cancun trip. Okay. Oh, I'm so excited about going to Cancun. Oh my gosh. Uh, and I, you know, I had done that DEXA scan. What is it last week? Two weeks. I think it was last weekend. I did the DEXA scan. Yeah. So I think I might do one right before we leave for Mexico, so I'll keep you posted, but we're going to Mexico in May. Um and I have a goal of losing 15 pounds from where I'm at now by then. So I'm down 4 pounds, so I'd like to lose 15 more, which is kind of crazy to think about. That feels so ambitious, but at the same time, I really feel like I can do it. Like I'm at okay, so I've I've lost 4 pounds so far this year. 2 pounds for the first 2 weeks. Let's say, let's say I continued on the trend. Of that, that's like I would I would coast to the finish line, right? But I, you know, it, I think it's very natural for weight loss to slow down. So I don't think fifteen pounds by May is like a crazy amount, and then it'll allow me to do the DEXA scan. And so a part of that number where that came from is that like puts me right into the healthy range for the BMI scale. I've always been one like F the BMI scale. Who cares about the BMI scale? It doesn't pay attention to how much muscle you have. And yeah, 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 that's all true. However, when you do a DEXA scan and you see that like, okay, like not only is your, the BMI scale saying you're overweight, but also your body fat percentage is saying you're overweight. So maybe it wouldn't be the craziest idea to aim for that number. You know what I'm saying? Like the, when you have been lifting for as long as I have, like it doesn't, I don't put on massive amounts of muscle easily. You know, when you are, when you are new to lifting, you put on muscle pretty effortlessly. I don't want to say effortlessly, but just like pretty quickly. It'll like, you'll see new lines and that kind of stuff. But once you've been lifting for like freaking 10 years, like I have like gaining a pound of muscle is huge. Like that's a huge improvement. So like, yeah, it's, it's not crazy for me to go for a number on the scale you know and I'm I'm not one to say the scale is like the only thing that matters I also have a waist measurement that I'm aiming for which would be a 27 inch waist which like oh my gosh you guys that would be crazy I kind of feel like like, Cameron was like is that possible did the kids like stretch it out too much you think and I'm like thank you for that um I hope not (laughs) so we'll see we'll see if those goals are realistic for me let's go ahead and move on so I sometimes I pause this and I like re recenter myself I'm like okay what was I going to talk about and you know what I did I I'll just be I want to tell you what's on my mind I'm just so excited for my vacation to Mexico I've already started just perusing the Shein website you know looking for because last year if you follow me on Instagram you saw this we had super cute matching outfits for Kevin and Cameron. And now that Casey is like a mobile one year old, I would love to have like some matching outfits with her. Cause last year she was like still a baby. You know, she couldn't walk yet. Could she? No, no, no. She couldn't. I think she was like close to walking, but she was, yeah, she was still crawling. And it was kind of stressful because we couldn't like let her crawl anywhere because it was like concrete. And she would try, she was at that age where she tried to pull up. And it's like literally everywhere is like, marble tile concrete just like the hardest possible surface for her to fall on it's like terrifying so I remember that week I felt like we were both like I feel like she regressed in her movement because we were just so scared to set her down anywhere but yeah anyway so I keep going back to the Shein website I'm looking for cute matching outfits which I don't need to talk to you about but that's just where my brain is I am just so excited it is literally I love a relaxing vacay I just, I love it. I always have. And I, you know, there's this part of me where I feel shame and embarrassment that I'm not the, the girl that loves taking their kids to Europe. And, um, you know, like if we go to Mexico, we should be going to like Chichen Itza and like all these like educational landmarks that are down there. And I'm like, yeah, like I literally just want to do water slides and play in the pool and eat tacos and chill. Is that so bad? (laughs) Um... Yeah. So, okay. Well, on that note, I wanted to talk about Spanish. So I know of like, if I were to rate how much Spanish I know, I would say it's probably 5% of the language. It's very minimal, but I would like to learn more. And I found the way to do it. I saw this on TikTok once and I like want to do it more. And I feel like if I, like I'm going to try to do it with Kevin. And so what you do is you pick like each day, You create a conversation, like you write out an actual conversation that you would potentially have with someone in your life and you translate it and you practice saying it back and forth. So it's like, you're kind of getting to be conversational and you, and you repeat it as many times as it takes until you memorize how to say those things. Right. And you might not be able to like memorize everything every single day. It's not going to like stick with you, but like you do that. And then within like, you know, three to six months, they say you'll be like fluent in the language. Like it's like the best way to learn a language. And so I'll tell you where this is all coming from because I'm still going back and forth on like what school to send Kevin to. And one of the things that's important to me is that like while he's at this young age, I think it's so beneficial to be introducing them to a foreign language. And it's funny because they they do resist it. Like they don't want to. It's still like hard. It's so hard to find that balance. Like do you push them to learn a foreign language when they don't really want to? Because it's like they will thank you when they're older. Like... Yeah, this is, like, really helpful to know. Thank you. Right? But, yeah, like, trying to make it fun. I don't know. So, anyway, one of the school options does include Spanish in their curriculum, whereas the other one doesn't. And so I'm, like, trying to, you know, I've been trying to brainstorm, like, how could I bring that to home? You know, if I did, like, a hybrid program, could I do it? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, that's... and, And that would be how I justify going to Mexico every year. Another chance to practica español. <laughs> okay. So, anyway, let's back let's let's get back into health and fitness here for a second. So, I've been thinking a lot about this time of year. I I've been seeing some very aggressive like posts about it's a lifestyle change. It's a lifestyle change, and I just I'm going to be the one to say like calm down, get off your high horse. Yes, it's a lifestyle for you. But weight loss, the season of weight loss, is on a lifestyle. I'm sorry, it's not. It's hard work. Your body is not meant to be in a state of weight loss for life. That's crazy. It it looks different. And you guys have heard me go on this rant a gazillion times, so I don't need to again. However, if you're one of those people that maybe took on a low-carb diet and you're feeling really good. You're seeing results, but then you see someone bashing on it on the internet. You're like, am I doing the wrong thing? I couldn't do this forever, so am I going to gain all the weight back? Okay, so like, let's just like back up and talk about all this. So when I first got into weight loss, I, the, the initial approach for me was following a meal plan where I ate everything out of Ziploc bags, I ate seven meals a day. Everything was weighed to a T and I ate the exact same thing every day. When you if you want to talk about not sustainable, that was not sustainable. It was like four ounce chicken, this much quinoa, this much pineapple, you know, like it was literally so hard to stick to. And I didn't if I wasn't eating that meal plan, I didn't know what to eat. You know what I mean? Like I had no education to understand how these meals were put together right and so that's where with hip bodies I'm really big on yes I'll provide you with meal plans and grocery lists but I want you to understand why each of these approaches are effective and how these meals are put together and that's why I provide the macros and so like when you learn about macros you could like know what to swap it out with and you know whatever right okay and then also like none of my meal plans are eating the exact same thing every day because gross (laughs) that got old really quick so then then I found the next trainer I had which push more of a macro tracking direction where you eat whatever you want within these certain macros. And I would say like tracking macros, I was able to do for like two years solid. Um, and I, and for, and at that chapter of my life, it worked really well. I didn't mind plugging everything into my fitness pal. It didn't ignore, it annoy me. And Oh, I guess I should back up. Do you, if you don't know what macro tracking is, macros are the grams of carbs, fat, and protein that you eat in a day. Those three things make up the calories in your food. Okay. So if like, like an apple, let's say it's 25 grams of carbs, 25 times four, because there's four calories per gram of a carb is going to equal a hundred calories. Okay. And let's say if there's no protein in fat, which there really isn't in an apple, that's kind of what it is. Does that make sense? And so all, every food you eat has that. And so you would use an app to track your macros. And it's very annoying. But at the same time, once you kind of get in the swing of it, it's not so bad. But a lot of people preach this is like so sustainable because you can eat whatever you want and you can reverse diet up to like a maintenance point and blah, blah, blah. For me personally, like being a slave to my fitness pal sucks. Like I don't like it. Um, It annoys me. I always, I'm always thinking about food. So that's why in this season of my life, I don't like it. It just, it doesn't work for me. I can never last more than like a week or two on it. Um, But without that being said, it works. Uh, It works very well. It's very effective. You're obviously accounting for everything you eat. It feels like a more advanced Weight Watchers, right? But let's be so unbelievably clear. You're not, as you go on, you change your habits naturally to hit your macros, right? But sometimes it's almost like, You're going through life with this like with this break on to not eat too much and like you're indulging in things, but like, you know, the app is telling you when to stop. I feel like sometimes it can take away from that intuitive ability to like recognize when you're full, recognize when you've had enough, that kind of stuff. And so that's where when somebody stops tracking, they can struggle to maintain the weight that they've lost without tracking you know, but they're like so burnt out on it. They cannot fathom actually doing it again, you know? So I, I don't know it's to each their own, but like, that's, that's definitely one struggle that I've seen with it. Um, and a lot of people, when they're getting to a point of maintenance, like going back up, it, it just, it can take a lot of, uh, patience. And it's one thing to do like track macros when you're losing weight. It's like really motivating. It like keeps you going. But when you're not losing weight, when you're just maintaining, it's like, why am I Bothering doing this, like, do I really need to track? And then that's when things can kind of go haywire. But I think that could, that goes for any any approach to weight loss, right? So with low carb, um, I find that a lot of people don't necessarily need to be hyper aware of their food once they understand what has carbs in it and how to keep their carbs low enough. You know, they're mainly eating protein, vegetables you know, cheese, things like that. And, you know, the, they can, the fat keeps them full and kind of keeps their hunger levels more satiated where it's just a little bit easier. Now to ease into a maintenance point that is not low carb, right? Like they're like, I don't want to eat this way forever. Like, hey, same, I, <laughs> I, I'm with you. I, I don't want to eat that way forever. To kind of get back into eating carbs, the way I do it is like, you kind of add carbs back into one meal at a time right and and as you do that you kind of slowly pull back on the fat a little bit so for example i have this chicken and broccoli casserole that i make so good so what i would do is like if i'm bringing carbs back into dinner i would maybe lighten up that casserole it's made with like heavy cream and cheese i would maybe make it with non-fat greek yogurt to kind of increase the protein a little bit take out a ton of fat and then I would serve it over rice and I would continue to make those kind of swaps with one meal at a time until I'm eating a more balanced diet. That would be like my fairly intuitive way to go about it. And obviously I can talk, I'm, I can, conti- I will talk more about this as I ease into that chapter of my life. It's so hard though. Cause like when I'm burnt out, I'm burnt out, I'm done. <laughs> you know, I need a break. Um, but I definitely want to get better about easing back into it. It's just hard. It's so hard. You guys. Should we do a little book update? So I finished Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. I don't know if I'm saying Hugo right. Hugo or Hugo, I don't know. But anyway, that book, I enjoyed reading it. I genuinely was excited to go back to reading it. It didn't take me long to get into. It really felt like I was reading a gossip sesh and I enjoyed that. However, the book itself was kind of anticlimactic, like nothing, I don't know, maybe to some there was like a twist, but I... I kind of saw everything coming that happened. And then it was just like, okay, I guess it's over. So when you have a Kindle, it tells you the percentage you're done. And it, I remember it was like 97%. And some books go the full 100%, some books, it, it'll it be like 96, 97% and you're done. And so it was one of those things where it was like 97%. And I go to the next page, just like, acknowledgements. I'd like to thank love, you know, and I'm like, okay, so that was it. <laughs> that was how it ended. Um, okay, I guess. I yeah so I don't know as far as that book goes I I wouldn't I don't know it was still a good read it just if you're looking for something that's going to like really suck you in I wouldn't say that's the one um last week I talked about the friend zone that someone recommended and I'm currently reading it I'm about 60% in and I'm right now I'm very curious if it's going to have like a twist where something unpredictable happens, but right now, and I feel like this goes for most romance novels where it's just, it's, I think I see what's going to happen. So I, and it's again, still entertaining. I'm still enjoying the story. Um, I, I, I think now with romance novels, I'm struggling because like, it's so rare to find like a fun, juicy story. That's where Colleen Hoover, because she brings in like, let's just say it like, really traumatic stuff that it makes it like a little bit more interesting I don't know where do you, what do you guys think about that are you first off are you romance novel fans I'm I think I'm slowly becoming less of a romance novel person like here and there I like to sprinkle them in give myself like a nice light read if I've been reading like really intense stuff because sometimes doesn't it feel like work when you're reading. Oh, which reminds me, I know we're going back to talking about Mexico. So we got one room for our family. We got like a, okay. So it's kind of like a family suite with connecting rooms, but Cameron's parents will be in the other room. And so we will all be in one room. And that used to bother me because like, what am I going to do while the kids go to bed? Cause the kids go to bed early, but, um, hello. Now I read reading with a Kindle. You don't have to turn a light on. Like I can just, I could sit on the patio and read. I could, yeah like I'm good like the kids can sleep and I can quietly read and it's so wonderful but before it's like I want to watch a show I want to like talk I want to do all you know and I couldn't do that stuff so anyway yeah I'm so excited oh I just I can having a vacation on the books it is life-changing it, it really the way it just lights me up inside oh I can't wait okay so back to the books so once I finish the friend zone you know what I'm gonna start fourth wing I've heard it's amazing and I'm feeling ready for another fantasy. So I think I'm going to go fourth wing. I will keep you posted on that one. If you want to read it alongside me, I'll probably finish this book in the next couple of days. And so like by next week, I'll have a good chunk in and I'll let you guys know if it's worth reading or not. But I've heard it's amazing. Um, I know that like sometimes those fantasy books, because they have to like set the scene and you have to like get used to their like fantasy world. So it like can take a little bit to get into, but I'll keep you posted if it's worth reading. So the last, well, well, I don't think it'll be the very last thing I talk about, but the next thing I'm going to talk about is just common struggles. I used to do this thing called a struggle chat, and nowadays I feel like people never give me struggles. Back in the day, oh my gosh, I used to get so many struggles every week to do a struggle chat with, and I don't. So I wanted to kind of go back and talk about just some different struggles that people may face. And so the first one is inflammation, okay? Okay. This is like so important to know, but anything that ends in itis is inflammation. You can Google it. I didn't make that up. Okay. But if you're struggling with joint pain, like burstitis, that's, that's something that a lot of people, um, that causes a lot of joint pain. These are all things to look into. Okay. But understanding that reducing inflammation is what's going to help with different aches and pains that you may have. And so you have to first figure out like what was causing that inflammation in the per- the first place. I'm not saying just like pop in a leave and move on. I'm saying, is it your diet? Cause your diet can be a huge part of inflammation, like sugar. Um, like if you eat like a lot of vegetable oils and seed oils and things like that in your diet, that stuff can be really inflammatory for a lot of people. It's hard for any of us to digest, you know? What are some other things? Um I mean, I think sugar is a big one unfortunately, and like this is coming from a girl who loves sugar, okay? But and and again, I'm it's not saying that your diet is what's causing this, but I think that's like a really big starting point, and that's where like whole 30 is a fantastic place to start as far as like an elimination diet, and that can really help bring down inflammation in the body. So that's something to consider if you're stro- if you're someone that struggles with aches and pains and things like that when you work out and you don't really know where, where to start. I say start with the diet. And then look at also like if you are exercising, if you don't have good form, okay? So if you are a member of Hit Bodies, you can always send me videos of your form. And I will, I'll ask for like front and side view usually, maybe back view, but usually between the front and side view, I can figure out like if something's wrong. For example, a common thing with lunges or squats even, is when the knee and toe are not going in the same direction. I always want them going in the same direction, but when we get tired, our knees will start to cave in, um, especially with lunges. And when, when they're not on track, oh girl, that hurts. <laughs> or if you're putting a lot of weight in the toe, that can put a lot of pressure on the knees as well. So all things to consider. Okay, so that was like a just a thing that would come up from time to time. And I'm, what I'm doing is I'm just going through some old struggles that I thought you know, might be helpful. This next one is like feeling drained in the morning where you just wake up and you're like, I can barely do this, you know? And you don't feel like working out, all that kind of stuff. Like first off, I get it. Like rolling out of bed and immediately doing a workout, that ain't me. I need, I need some, t- like I love a morning workout, but I don't love like first thing upon waking up in the morning working out. So a couple of recommendations. Number one, starting with the quality of your sleep. Taking a magnesium supplement like magnesium glycinate specifically can really help improve the quality of your sleep. I'm also a big fan of mouth taping. That also really improves the quality of your sleep. Those two things I think can be really helpful. And then obviously just making sure you're getting adequate sleep. Are you going to bed early enough? Are you? And if you're struggling with falling asleep, do you need to put your phone across the room so you don't like get lost in a scroll for two hours before you go to sleep? You know, things like that. Um, so that's number one. And then number two is figuring out a nice routine to get you pumped to work out in the morning. Okay. So here's my vision is when you wake up immediately, like wash your face, get some water on your face, get some, you know, those types of things, right. Pop some headphones in and either listen to a podcast or listen to some music that kind of amps you up and like brings you back to the real world. Right. And I'm a fan of coffee or like some sort of pre-workout or something that gives you a little bit of that you're excited to have. Okay. So for me, I'm excited to have coffee. Maybe you're excited to have like pink lemonade flavored pre-workout. I don't know, whatever it may be. But I think those things can really help if you are struggling with getting ready for a morning workout. Next up, we got anxiety and stress. So when you're just kind of going through a tough time, anxiety is running high, stress is running high. I think this is, really important to address. So first things first, you got to focus on what you can change that's causing the stress. And sometimes difficult decisions need to be made. Okay. Like is your commute insane? You know, that, I think that is such a good question to address. Like, is there other jobs you could I mean, for so long, I remember I, I constantly complained about my commute and how stressful it was, but like, I never changed anything you know, and there, there are other opportunities, right? So just keeping in mind that you can change your circumstances of the things that are causing your stress, but maybe you can't, maybe it's like you have little babies that are like, you know, keeping you up all night and just like those types of things. And you're trying to figure out like how to cope with it and how to not eat like an a-hole because that is like the most comforting thing in the world. And like, oh my God, I feel it. I feel it. (laughs) Okay. Like I get it. So when all of those things are happening, like how to continue on your fitness journey. So number one, I look at my workout as a thing that makes me feel better, not a thing that I have to do. I don't look at it as a chore, but that's also because I am to the point that I crave it. I genuinely enjoy it. And I promise if you continue on this path, you will eventually get there. Like, yes, I'm still a lazy person and like, I love being lazy, but I also somehow hate being completely lazy. Like I need to have that splash of activity in my day. You know what I'm saying? So when I'm feeling stressed out, I look to my workout as an escape from that stress, but I understand if you're not quite there yet, but I'm, but I, what I'm trying to say is like, look at it as a pathway to, to having it be stress relief, because we logically know that, you know, doing a good workout, it does provide endorphins and it's just that nice mental break, you know, from your day and you know it's making you healthier and all those things and it should help with the anxiety and stuff like that. Um, and then as far as like the food choices go, the best thing that I can say is having a plan ahead of time is really helpful so inside Hit bodies we've been doing these like meal planning chats on friday and like it's helping me so much to go into my week having a plan i don't have to try to squeeze it in on the weekend i do my grocery pickup sunday morning and i am like totally ready for the week so it's really fun like we on friday pick out our recipes we fill up our grocery pickup orders we all like set it for sunday and we're done so and we're like talking about it sharing recipes in the comments so fun so fun. And like the nice thing about doing that too, is if you do it on Friday, you still have all of Saturday to like add stuff to your cart. If you forgot if you're like, Oh my God, wait, we need toilet paper. Oh my God, wait, we need, um, dishwasher detergent or, you know, just stuff like that. Right. So I think it's really nice to have a day where you're like, you know, it's done, but you can like still kind of add stuff to your cart as you go, which is also another tip throughout the week. As you think of stuff, go ahead and add it to your cart on like Walmart or like whatever, you know grocery pickup at that really helps cuz then if you put in a grocery pickup order you already have the stuff that you don't necessarily think of when you're thinking of groceries you know so anyway that having a plan and knowing that you're getting adequate calories it's like I don't need it I just kind of want it and it's like do I really like I'll be fine I'll be fine and then having like some fun little things that you can lean on I love a cup of bone broth I know okay You know what? I call it bone broth to sound cool. I have a cup of bouillon, okay, (laughs) which is like 100% not the same thing, but like, oh my God, I love it. It's so salty and delicious. (laughs) Oh, that's funny to admit. Okay, so yeah, that's kind of how I handle the anxiety, stress, that kind of stuff. So I think I'm gonna leave it at that. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna do one more. And this was in the realm of the milk supply issue. So I remember somebody asked me about being on a low-carb diet for so long, and they they felt that their milk supply was being affected. And this is such a common question, and it's so hard because, like, I'm not a lactation consultant, and, you know, it's so hard to truly know if milk supply is being affected because around that three to four month mark, your milk supply like really regulates that prolactin hormone drastically drops. And it's like truly a supply and demand thing. You no longer wake up with porn star boobs. Like it's just, it's all very like normal, you know, it like your body really adjusts to breastfeeding. And so that is commonly confused as like the time when people, if they've never breastfed before, they're like, my milk supply tanks, but it's like, no, no like you're good you're unfortunately now you've just like now you're this is where your milk supply is settled it takes a lot more work now to increase your milk supply whereas like in those early like the when you first give birth like that's your chance to like create an oversupply if you really want to and it's almost like okay like I get why lactation consultants are always like you know just nurse on demand and blah blah blah. but then you end up as a just enougher if you do that And like, but at the same time, you're not risking getting mastitis, like you're, you're drastically reducing your risk of getting mastitis. Okay. But for most people, it's nice to have a little bit of an (laughs) oversupply. So because when it does regulate like that, it gets like a wee stressful, you know, like it's hard, you know, especially if you do have a stressful day, like stress really impacts your milk supply. So anyway, what I'm getting at is when it comes to the food part, the main thing that I think affects... Milk supply is not getting adequate protein. Believe it or not, protein plays a huge part in your milk supply. In addition, hydration. I think those two things are key. So, in, I remember this particular question the girl was, she had twins. So, That is even like, like you got, you really got to get that protein up and you really got to keep that hydration up. And I think those two things, regardless of whether you're macro tracking or eating low carb or whatever approach you're taking, um, I think it is important to focus on those two things from a nutritional standpoint and then trying to trust your body. As long as your kids are like gaining weight, you know, dirty diapers, all that kind of stuff, you should be good, right? Anyway, I loved doing these struggle chats. Unfortunately now, every time I do a little call for struggles, I just don't really get any. And I know people are out there struggling, so I just maybe need to bug them more. I need to be like, hey, maybe, maybe I need to inspire them with this, like this kind of stuff. So if you do have any struggles that you want me to address, feel free to like DM me on Instagram. I could address them on the podcast or... You know, privately, I'm always down to do that. Um, More importantly, if you need a workout buddy, I would be honored to be a part of your fitness journey. I have this goal of losing 15 pounds by May 3rd. Maybe you want to do it alongside me. So go to hipbodies.com and consider joining. Consider, you can give it a month. Give it a month. I feel like you're going to love it. You're going to love being my workout buddy. Um, I always say the longer you commit though, the more like financially committed you are, then the more likely you are to actually do it. You know, because it's like if you just sign up for a month, you're like, oh, it's like not that much money if I don't do it at all. But it's like if you sign up for like a whole year, you're like, okay, I have to do this. Like I have to get my money's worth, you know? So think about it that way. Plus, you get a better deal if you sign up for a whole year. So, you know me, I'm frugal. I'm gonna look at it the frugal way. So, I love you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope you got something helpful from it. But I also hope you were entertained and I was able to keep you company with whatever you were doing today because I know that's what I do. I listen to podcasts while I do stuff, while I shower, while I cook dinner, while I do dishes, anytime I can listen to them. So thank you for choosing to listen to this podcast. Have a great day and I'll talk to you next week.